1: fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the Lobe Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen.
1: Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, that's a good goal! foul. Well, post for Shearer,
2: goal! 4-0! Steve White
1: touched
2: to Mitchell! It's
1: another goal! Incredible! How It's the now! But trash the goal by yes, the
2: autumn! Party Austin Guyon! Yes! I win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit It's
0: Welcome to the Low Strangers Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. My guest for this episode is Sofian Zaboub. Sofian started his career in France with Sanatien B before moving to Italy where he played for Medina. He then moved to Spain with Real Jehan and then to Belgium with FC Brussels. He moved to Swindon in 2006 after being signed by Paul Sturrock and played 56 times in the league for Swindon, scoring just one goal. He fell out of favour at Swindon after Sturrock left and he joined Walsall in 2008. He was reunited with his former Swindon manager at Southend before he moved to finish a career in Algeria. It was amazing talking to Sofiane, again one of these sort of players that you think you'll never get to talk to, but I did and he was brilliant, so I thank him for taking part. Anyway, it's time to sound the hooter for the Low Strangers podcast. Enjoy. Hello, Sophie. Hi Rich. Thank you ever so much for agreeing to take part.
2: You're welcome, you're welcome Rich. Always ready to, to talk with the, with the Swindon or Swindon, Swindon Club or Swindon fans. Good man. Okay, so the way I like to start
0: these episodes is I like to start at the very beginning. So when you were younger, who did you support as a child and who were your football heroes?
2: uh when i was young my my favorite player was uh, was Zinedine Zidane, zidan he's is uh, algerian like me so i was it it, it was my first my first football shot uh, i booked. so the, the the football team i was support uh was paris saint-germain because i was born in paris uh, and uh, when i was young i was i was going to the stadium uh uh, very often with my family, my friends. So we are
0: about the same age, so I'm thinking J.J. Okocha, um that sort of era of Paris Saint-Germain?
2: Paris Saint-Germain, um, when I was supporting Paris Saint-Germain, it was, uh, it was uh, they, they were like a big team with uh, Rai. Do you remember Rai, the Brazilian player? Uh, Yuri Jorkaev, or like a big okay. team, very big team.
0: Patrice Loco was in?
2: Patrice Loco was in, yes. Lovely stuff.
0: So, as you've mentioned, you are French-Algerian. there been loads of great French-Algerian footballers. You mentioned Zidane, um, Marez at the moment, who's doing great things for Algeria at the Africa Cup of Na- uh, Nations, Benzema, uh, Nasri, Fakir, the current coach of Algeria, Bamaldi, he was brilliant, and then you've had... Players like yourself for Swindon, and other Swindon, we've had Mehdi Karouche and we've had uh, Hamed Bouatza as well. How important was football to the Algerian community in France?
2: The, the football, you know, you know the, you know the football is uh, in France is um, is uh, is a, is the street football. So every single player, every single player, uh, start playing football in the street. So you start at school and in the street. So when you have when you have free time, you pick up your, your, your football and you go out to play with your friends. So you learn very quickly, and this is why the, the Algerian players are very technique.
0: So you started your football journey. Is it is it Montreal? Is that right?
2: Yeah, Montreal. Yes, yes, it's near Paris. Yeah. So we all know
0: about, say, Clairefontaine. Because of the reputation they have, what was your football upbringing like at Montreal?
2: A very small level. I, sta- I start. I uh, started I start in Montreal, but uh, after after a few years, uh, I signed for for a bigger club, bigger club in uh, in uh, in Paris. Uh, it's called uh, Fontainebleau. I play for Fontainebleau, and then after that, I played the um, I played the tournament in Clairefontaine and after Claire, Clairefontaine, i signed for 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 etienne did you have any famous
0: teammates during those years anybody who became big french or french algerian players
2: uh, i played uh, i played with um, with few players few players uh, like uh, malik Rouag. he was uh, he was a uh, paris saint-germain player he signed professional for Paris Saint-Germain, and uh, I don't think I don't think a lot of players uh, of my generation uh, played uh, played uh, at, at the high level.
0: People like me spend all their childhoods. <laughs> reading about football. So when I think of Saint-Étienne, I think of the 1970s and 80s, uh, people like Michel Platini, uh, the Rivelli brothers. You played at their junior level, which is the B team, which was in the French Football League. How yeah. how does the reserve sides, how does it work in French football? Are you very much locked into the B team or is there an opportunity to play for the first team at Saint-Étienne?
2: You know, you have... Um... You have a lot of players. A lot of players start at 15 years old, they, they travel to sign for a club, and then after that, the you have you have all the how to say uh, you have all the you you have you have the finished the education. They prepare you to be to be a football players. So so when I when I when I went to Saint Etienne, we we were like living all together, from all the division. From all the division, all the category, category start at 15 years old teen, uh, till uh, st- uh, till um, 19 years old. So you have like it's like a school, it's like a football school. They program you to be to be a foot uh, a professional players. But you know, we start like in Saint Etienne. I start I start with we start with 19 90 players at the same age, and uh, I was the the, the only one who signed a professional uh, contract
0: having all those footballers that you played alongside you were the only one that that signed a professional contract that must be something you're very proud of
2: you have a lot of players in France and um, and it's very very hard to be a professional player this is the this is it's more difficult than school the football is like um, is like the dream of all the young or the young uh, young boys but uh, but it's hard it's hard to 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 be it's hard to be to be at the top level because you know you know you are you are on your own you need to you need to you need to think on your own you need to live on your own you you don't have time to regret what you what you're doing at this moment so so it's very hard you are like no family no friends you you are you are like an army when you are young it's very difficult to be an adult at 15 years old. You need you need your friends. You need uh, you need to go out. You need to you need to to live your life. And you know, like is is I think is is the biggest sacrifice I've never seen in my life.
0: Is this why a lot of
2: French-born footballers move
0: into other countries in Europe? Do you think?
2: Yes, because you know because you know in um, in the centre de formation is like the place when you when you live and when you play. The centre de formation you, you have like 1000 player and you have um, 40 tickets to to get in so it's very difficult to get in mm. and you you need, you need you need to be a very very big player to get in mm. and after after that some players don't the, the players who don't have uh, opportunity to get in they're still playing football and a high level like a young, young uh, youth new team but not in uh, some de formation mm. and then the career the could be more more difficult because you know you the people is not watching you. It's like uh, an example is like uh, Franck Ribery. Franck Ribery was playing at 17, 18 years old in a, in a small club in France. He was lucky to be to be uh, to be signed by uh, by a Brest. At this time, they were in in third division in France. He scored he scored a lot of goal, and after that, he signed for F C M S, and then the career was start beginning for him.
1: A deep delivery, and it back across goal, and it's off the line. Incredible! Swindon players were celebrating, the bench was celebrating, but the ball didn't cross the line.
0: Is it Shalem Logan on the line?
1: certainly is what an incredible clearance because he's actually stepped off the post he was marking and it goes again this time it's in Aidan Flint Swindon Town have rescued it and Brentford
0: are on the floor in their own backyard again so your next move from Sanatian B is a pretty good one to be honest it's a, a it's a move to Modena in Italy and they were
2: Syria at, at the time
0: how how did that move come yes.
2: about? When I left Saint Etienne, when I left Saint Etienne, I had um, I had a bit problems with the with the direction uh, with the, with the club, and uh, I wanted to leave the club. So so I went to I went to, to Juventus. It was my first club in Italy.
0: Wow.
2: When I went to Juventus, I was I was still on contract with Saint Etienne, so I couldn't sign for Juventus. So they say to me, they say to me, you have to you have to, to break your contract and come back in January to sign a new contract a professional deal it was my first professional uh, contract so so what what I did I I left Saint Etienne I left Saint Etienne they had the big problem of money so they uh, they let me go they let me go for free and uh, after one month in January 2003 uh, I went to Torino to sign my contract with my manager with my manager with because you know what they wanted to do, like uh, Juventus, they wanted to sign me for six months and go to Crotona, Crotona in third division, to play. So, so I, I didn't want to go to Crotona. So I left, I, left the, I left Torino with no contract.
0: <laughs> oh, and, and, ha- and do you regret that now? Or are you happy that you made that
2: decision? No, I'm happy, I'm happy. Good. I, I, I can't. I can't live with regrets. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it was. It was a part of my life. So. Uh, so. Uh, I. I did it, and uh, and I live like this. With no no regrets.
0: It must be amazing to know all that hard work that you did during that military, that army style uh, upbringing in football that you had. It must have felt good that teams like Juventus were, were interested or wanted to sign you.
2: Yeah, because at the moment I was I was in French national team. I, I was the vice uh, the vice captain. So so all the clubs all the clubs uh, were coming to watch us. On a European tournament, and uh, they were um, they were all uh, follow 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 the players. I was I was in touch I was in touch with uh, with Liverpool and Lazio at this moment. Wow. And uh, I chose to go to to Juventus, but at the end, um, they didn't offer me what they promised me.
0: So, did you play for France at youth level?
2: Yes, I played four years for, for French national oh, team. Oh, wow, yes. what
0: levels? Is that like under 16, 17, 18s, Or
2: Yes, yes. 15, 16, 17, 18. Wow, and, and who did you
0: play alongside in, in the French national
2: team? I played with uh, Jeremy Aliadier. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, yeah. It was it was Arsenal.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing because... That should be one of the major things in your career. When you do research on uh, Sophie Zaboub, you don't see that yeah, you it's, represent France. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know. It's very, it's very hard to, to. But I, I will send you some pictures with, uh, with Tevez on a pitch. With some good players now. Yes, please. I would love that. So yes, against, against. No, no, with against. Yeah, you played
0: against. When we play against Argentina. playing against Argentina is amazing. So I want to see those pictures, please. Yes. Um, let's go back to Modena. So when you arrive there, there's there's plenty of big names. Um, there's Stefano Mori, who's who went on to play for uh, Lazio in Italy. Uh, Emiliano Moretti, yes. who played for Valencia. And Italy you had uh, Di Camara Kamara, who played over a hundred times in the Premier League. What were your experiences at Medina like?
2: When I left Torino, my manager, my manager, say to me, say to me, you're a crazy man, you're a crazy man, because uh, you can't you, you you can't go you can't go back to France without signing for Juventus. So so I say to him, I was very confident. I say to him, I'm a good player. I sign what I want. That's what I said to him. Then I, I went back to Paris with no work, no training, no clubs. So I stayed in Paris for one month. I was, uh, I was 17 years old. And then uh, my manager called me and he said, uh, they saw your name in Gazeta dello Sport in Italy. And uh, the, the, the manager of Modena called me about you. It was it was Dibiazi. is yeah. uh, the manager of Albania. Yeah, he
0: was he he was their manager at the Euros. He also I remember seeing him as manager of Levante as well. Brescia. Yeah, Brescia, yeah.
2: Yes. I t- I took the train, the TGV from Paris to 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 Modena and uh, they wanted to see me in the training sessions. So I did a test uh, the first day uh, yeah, the big argue, the big argue with the with the with the left back, left back players in Modena. Big argue in in the in training ground with a lot of people, with the the press and everything. We had a big argue. Uh, it was about the tackle because I, I I went I went to him very hard. And uh, in Italy, it's very different. Like long players can't touch the the professional players, etc. So what, what what I did? I fight him. We fight, but not with hands. We fight just for, just uh, just talking. I was talking in French. He was talking in, in, in Italian. And then Di came to me. It was after one hour training. He came to me and he said, "Go to the shower." I said, uh, "I said, uh, Mister, why why am I going to the shower?" He said, "Go to the shower." And after that, the taxi is coming to pick, to pick you up. And we, we meet up in, uh, in, in the direction to sign the contract. So he was very happy. He said, I need I need player with character. Nice. We went to the direction. Sorry, sorry, sorry uh, Rich. We went to the, to the direction. And they, they offered me a contract with no numerals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear, I swear. <laughs> so I signed, I signed a three and a half years uh, football uh, professional contract. And he said, uh, You've got a pen, uh, do what you want. Wow. It was like that. I signed the contract. I signed the contract. I, I start to be a, a professional player. Was in Saint Etienne, I was in the second team. It was very different. I was training with the first team uh, since I was 16 years old. But it's different when you are. A, a, um, a professional contract that, like like people uh, people um, it''s not, it's, it's, it's not in, in, in the team it's not it's different mm-hmm. when you' are professional and when you are a like youth, youth team going to train or play with the first team it's very very different so I was very very confident and I start with them but the problem was uh, more than I was playing to to not going back to the second division Serie b so for a defender because I was playing left back, It was hard to get me in.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, uh, in in 2003, I was 18 years old. I signed the contract and in my birthday, the 23rd January uh, 2003. So I was a very young player, and uh, they 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 have like big games every weekend. Every weekend they are like like uh, fighting for fighting to stay up. It was very hard. We are like milan ac Roma uh, Juventus, all the big games, and it's very hard to to play a defender with no experience.
0: Did you enjoy it though?
2: Yes, a lot.
0: <laughs> you signed this three and a half year contract within an hour you're you're having an argument with the uh, with the players. What was your relationship like with the squads at Modena?
2: Yeah, with the squads, I was like the younger the younger player in the squad. So they were like all um, against me. Like uh, every like every games, every they were like uh, always playing with me. I was with the Germano D- C D- D- Camara, and uh, he start he start to be like my, my 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 best friend now in football. He looked after me a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. He helped me a lot because he was like, he was he was speaking Italian because he had experience in Catanzaro and Cavo Verona. So. So he helped me a lot and uh, and all the foreign players as well, all the foreign sp- uh, players, they were like uh, always with me, helped me and they, they were like all helpful. It sounds like you were very confident when you were a
0: teenager trying to compete with these grown men and you turned down Juventus because of the length of the deal or that you were going to be sent to Crotone but... You do spend some time in the lower leagues with Sora. Did you want to go to that club? Were you happy? No. <laughs>
2: no at all. At the end of the season in 2003, I I wanted to play. I wanted to play like every every single player. Uh, I asked them to to show me like more 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 confidence, no more like uh, I I wanted I wanted to play more games. So we we started the, the pre-season we start the preseason with Modena was playing, but no, not all games because uh, and, and 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 in the same position, it was uh, Stefano Mauri, he was playing and he was on the bench at the moment, so I was the I was the the third player on, uh, on the on on the, on this position left back, so I was the third f- uh, choice for the manager so i wanted to play i wanted to play so i asked them to go to go in, uh, in other, another club for 6 months or 1 year the club didn't want to didn't want to so so i prefer to left uh, to, to to live in uh, in modena and they they bring then a new manager was uh, malezani he came from panathinaikos he was uh, it was at genova he is is a very good uh, very good uh, manager so what he did he bring some players with him and he bring the, he bring music music it was he was a, a Bosnian international player he was with him in Como so so it was a heart for me and then uh, at the end of the of the market the last day my manager was in Milano he called me and he said you go you go for you go for six months in Sora I didn't know Sora. I didn't know the club, the place, nothing at all. And he said, "You have to go." I said, "No, I can't go. I need to see. I need to talk with the club." And he, he said, "No, you have to go now." So what he did, he signed the contract instead of me. So he signed my contract, and I left. I left. Uh, I left the next day.
0: Oh wow!
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very bad people.
0: Yeah, I mean it's crazy. I mean one of the things that when I talk to ex-Windham players. Um, things that amaze me is the sort of things that you guys experience before or after you're at Swindon. So, what we're learning here is that you played for France at international level, and you worked under these hugely respected football coaches and players. I mean, Dibiasi became bigger in time, but Alberto Malasani, hugely respected coach in. In uh, in Italy,
2: we had Paul Sturrock in in, in, in Sweden as well. Uh, <laughs> he was a good he
0: was a good manager as well. <laughs> we'll get to Paul Sturrock later. Don't you worry about that. So your next club after Italy, it's another move and it's another move to another country. And this time it's Real Jean in Spain, playing in uh, Segunda Division B. How do you go from France to Italy? To Spain, um, is this through your agent, through your manager, or are these clubs watching you?
2: No, I think I think the manager was uh, was working with me. He was thinking about himself. So what he wanted to do, like if, if he sign every single year a new deal, is good for him. So he, he can earn money with me. So so the thing is, I was on my own. Uh, my brother was a was a, was a professional footballer as well. So I was on my own. My brother, he was he was like looking after his career. So so my manager was like my dad, my brother, my friend, and uh, I gave I gave him all my all my confidence. And uh, at the final, he played with me. So so he sent me to Spain. He sent me to Spain to Cordoba. I went to Cordoba um, for a trial. I start with, um, with the youth team for the first day. So when I started training, I said, uh, I said to him, I can't train with the youth team. I'm, I'm coming from Serie A. I can't, I, can't, I, can't start, I can't start training with the second team. What he said to me, he said, you have to train for a week and then we will see. Then what happened after the first training session with the, with the youth team, after 15 minutes, I left the ground and I went to the shower after after 15 minutes so he came to me he came to me to the changing room and he said what are you doing i said i'm not i'm not training again with the with the youth team and what he said to me he said uh, he said uh, you have to you have to, to be patient you have to wait you have to you have to prove well, i said um, i said no i said i'm leaving in france i said just uh, drive me to the airport i'm going back to france after that, we, the sport, sport, sport director went to the, came to the changing room and he said hello to the manager. And uh, when he said hello to the manager, uh, the manager said, uh, I, I bring you uh, a French national team player. He didn't know me at all. And he said, oh, that's cool. Uh, where did you play? I said, Modena nine Serie A. He said to me tomorrow morning you come to the training ground to to train for the uh, with the first team. So it was it was a bit lucky mm. to catch him uh, in the changing room. So so the second day I played I played uh, I played with Cordoba in uh, in first team and we played um, we played a friendly game and uh, I was very very good for my age. So after after 30 minutes they came to me and they said, uh, "You have to come with us. Uh, we need to talk about contract." So after that, after that, they were um, they they had the problem with um, with the quota. I don't know how to say in English quota. Quota, quota is oh, like the, um, players, the, the overseas players. They could sign only twelve yeah. players for the transfer markets, mm-hmm. and I was I was the the 13th yeah. player, so I couldn't side with them. So I was very, very unlucky. I went back to the hotel, and he called me, and he said, uh, "He said when you played your friendly game with Cordoba, there is two clubs of Segunda They came to watch you, and they want to sign you." So I signed for Real Harren. <laughs> it just, it
0: just feels so like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it just feels so like you're not in control of your decisions. You're not allowed to sort of like you just go to one club and you end up signing for another because you're in the area, you're in the region, and it, it, you must be been
2: lying there during the season going, what am I doing here? I, I, I was- exactly, 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 exactly. But you, you know, Rich, the, the problem of, 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 the, of the football players, I, I love football. I'm not doing it for money or for, or for contract. I'm doing it because I love football. So, so I, was, I was in Real Ryan, I went there to play football, just to do my job. So
0: you're 22 years old, about. Sanity MB in France, Modena and AS Sora you know. in, uh, in Italy. That's three. Yes. Uh, Real yayan in Spain, four. So at 22, you're now going to your fifth club, and it's another country. This time it's Belgium, and it's FC Brussels. In It's, it's incredible, really. But this time it's the top flight now for those who don't know FC Brussels were they were a team that had a quick rise and a very quick fall didn't they Um yes. so you're playing top flight football in Belgium um, for an unfancy team much bigger teams in Brussels you played plenty of times and I think it was Albert Cartier um, and you finished mid-table during your time in Belgium what was that experience like tell me it was better
2: yeah, the experience in Brussels. Um, you know when I uh, when uh, when I sign when I sign for for Brussels as I assigned assigned I in Brussels because I went to Ondelucht for a test. This is why. This is what this is why we we were talking about. I'm going for a club and then I sign for another club. This is what happened. This is what happened. <laughs> I went to Underlect for a test, for a trial. I changed. I changed manager. I was working with Denis Jokaev, the the Yuri Jokaev brother. He called me two months before the trial. I was in Spain. He said, "Just uh, be ready, be ready to be ready to to come in Belgium, because because uh, I have an an opportunity for you in Underlect, and you have to prove in Anderlecht. because um, I have." Um... He was very close to the chairman, and he said to him, "I will bring you the best players I have." So I went to Anderlecht. Vincent Kompany was playing for Anderlecht as well. So we played like I I, I trained with very big players like Williamson, the Sweden player, Van den Bor, international Belgian player. Uh, it was like a very 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 good team, its Champions League team. So we start we start training with us and in Belgium you can play, you can play official game with in the youth team like in like in UK. So I played against uh, Lagontois. And uh, I played very well. When I played very well, they say to me, "You have to stay another week." We we were two players, two French players. One on the left, it was me, and one on the right, it was uh, it was Carmignani, um French player who plays with me in Saint Etienne. He signed for he, he signed professionally. Played few f- few games, and uh, him after one week they sent him home, and uh, I was still with them for another week. I played a second game against FC Bruges. We played in a big stadium, Parker Street in, in Anderlecht. When we played this game, everybody came to watch this game. I played a very good game. So after the game, they said to me, you have to stay for two or three days, two, four, two more three days to, 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 for the negotiation of the deal. So I was very happy. After that, after that um, the, the manager of the club, didn't want to sign me because he had a player, French player. He wanted to sell him, and uh, the French player didn't want to go. So it was no opportunity for me to sign. So, so the manager, the manager called the the FC Brussels uh, chairman and said to him, "You have to, you have to sign him. You have to sign him because he's a good player, and I can't sign him because my left back uh, doesn't want to leave." So after a week. The the FC Bristol chairman called me and he, and he said to me, uh he said to me, You can go to you can come to my office to sign new contract. So I signed contract with no with no trade
0: Wow. This is where you play for want of a better phrase, you play proper football against yes. you're playing proper top yes. flight football. You've kind of lost yes. a couple of seasons because of what happened in Italy and Spain. So yes. how did yes. you find playing against bigger clubs and bigger players?
2: It was a new life for me. It was a new life, a new career for me. I came in the first team in FC Brussels, but I came, I came like um, like a big player, like a big player. So so everybody, everybody, everybody was was watching me like a, a, a first team player, a first team player. And uh, and we start. Uh, I had um, I had a French uh, French uh, manager, uh, Albert Cartier, Cartier was in FCMs. He was in Sochaux uh, in Belgium as well. So he was a good manager and um, an ex-football player. So we 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 talk a lot with the manager. We talk a lot, and he gave me he gave me my chance for the first game. He gave me my chance for for the first game, and uh, after that uh, after that I was playing like every single game.
0: Brilliant.
2: Played against the big teams, big teams like Charleroi, Standard de Liège, Anderlecht, FC Bruges. Was like a very very tough uh, league, mm. very very tough league. So,
0: before we go into England, why did it why did it come to an end in
2: Belgium? The chairman, I signed a one year one year contract, one year deal, and uh, I wanted to I wanted to sign a like um, a bigger contract. No, but money, but uh, for the you know a two or three or four years for four years contract, mm. I wanted to extend my contract so. So we didn't uh, find it out. So so I started to work with a new manager. Called me and uh, it's uh, Gregory Dacat. He's now working for he working for Conte. For um, he worked with Mares with uh, like big players like Longley in Barcelona. It was him. So he was like a small manager, but he wanted to work. So he wanted to help players. This is why I start I start working with him. Mm. Then uh, he called me and he said mm-hmm. to me, uh, "You have uh, you have opportunity. Uh, we have an opportunity in uh, in Scotland, in Aberdeen." So we went to Aberdeen and we st- we start a long trial, long trial uh, around the UK. So I started in I start in Aberdeen and then uh, went to the to Preston North End. After that uh, went to Luton, in Championship, and then to Plymouth, and after that we went to Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday was, was, uh, was my last ride in, in UK. Aberdeen to
0: Plymouth is quite a distance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: now Ferry to the byline. Devita! They have turned it around! Simon Ferry to the byline and he had the presence of mind to pick out Rafael De Vita.
0: And of course, (laughs) Sheffield Wednesday was with Paul Sturrock. Yes. So that bodes well for the future, because here we go. My favourite bit, it's time for some Swindon Town talk. So, I mean, you're arriving again on trial. So yet again, you find yourself in a different country, going from club to club to club to club, and they have a quick look at you. What's it like for an overseas player turning up at all of these clubs as a trialist to try and impress because one footballer that I spoke to said you go to trials expecting it to be a no so what what do you do during those to try and convince it because it must be it must be tough for the mind to to try and get those contracts you have faith in your ability but when you get these no, or we'd love to have you, but we've got too many players here. Or you look good, but we can't offer you a contract right now. How do you stay motivated for the next
2: trial? You, you, you know, you know, a football a football player need to need to believe on himself. Uh, I was all my career confident of my qualities. I was I was sure of my qualities, and uh, and I knew I knew. Uh, I you an opportunity. You have to be patient hmm. to get to, to get a club. And I know it it, it wasn't easy for me. And uh, and I, I, I love my uh, I love my job. So you know you know I didn't I didn't make I didn't make a trial with no like I had always a good answer, but no lucky. I wasn't lucky. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: I don't think I was lucky. So. So I was uh, like in UK, I was with the manager, uh, he knew my brother, my old brother, so he was like family, so he was thinking about me, he was thinking about me, he was traveling with me, so I couldn't left him in the street and said I'm going back because uh, uh, I'm not confident, uh, I'm going to work uh, like uh, every single people. Yeah.
0: Well. I'm so happy we're in England now because I've been pronouncing the clubs that you used to play for wrong ever since the start of this episode. Now, I certainly know the pronunciation of Swindon, so um, I'm happy that we're here. So, Paul Sturrock loses his job at Sheffield Wednesday and he's swiftly, he's very quickly appointed Swindon manager and you are the first signing of Paul Sturrock's tenure at Swindon, how quick was that move? Was it a quick trial, or was he happy with what he saw at Sheffield Wednesday? Uh,
2: at, Sheffield, at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, the, the, the manager was was very happy. Was very happy, and you know, you know, I was I was in a hotel for the first night. The second day was um, we played with the with the youth team. We played a game, so we I, I played a very good game when I played the game. Um, uh, after the game, uh said to me, "Go, go, go to the hotel, pick up you, your bag, and come to steal in my house." So I stay, I stay in his house for a week. <laughs> he didn't want to to let me alone, to leave me alone. So I was living with him, with his family. It was very friendly. They 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 take the, the care of me. And then he said to me, he said to me, I have a big, uh, big problem with the chairman. I, I probably leave the club. But wherever I go, you come with me. This is what he said to me. Wow. So, so it was soon done. He could like, he could like uh, QPR because he, he was, he was in touch with the, with a few clubs. Mm. Uh, the opportunity for me, I didn't, I didn't look about the league. I, I look about my job yeah. playing football. This is why, this is why I love to do. Mm.
0: Okay. So, I mean you have lived in some pretty beautiful cities and places in the world so so, <laughs> so what were your first impressions of swindon
2: but you know rich uh, to be honest to be honest uh, it was my my best part in football in my career so yes 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 the, the, the biggest souvenir and uh, i was i was very i was very happy in swindon to be honest mm. It was a small city, but I was very happy. Yeah. I mean, which part of the town did you live? Oh, I can't remember. I was living near Asda, the Asda, the big Asda, Mm -hmm. the Asda and cinema and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: of course. Um, So who helped you settle in the area of Swindon?
2: Uh, You know, in Swindon, I wanted to, I wanted to learn English very, very quickly. So so, I spoke to the manager. And he said to me, "You have to live with uh, Curtis Weston." Curtis Weston was playing in yeah. Sweden with me, so 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 he was living on his own. He said to me, he said to me, the manager asked me if, if I wanted to live with him. So I was very really happy. I, I didn't want to, stay, to to live on on my own. I wanted to to learn English very quickly. So so I went I went to live with him, and uh, he helped he helped me very very he helped me he helped me. Every single day uh, mm-hmm. to talk with the with the teammates, uh, with the manager, and uh, people outside. We were going outside. We were we were like walking the street. He helped me. he uh, helped me a lot.
0: What was that squad like for you? So it was this is so for people who don't remember that era. This is two thousand and six seven. So Swindon yeah. are in League Two. Dennis Wise started the season, but Paul Sturrock came in as manager. And it's very much a promotion chase. But, you know, we're, we're staying in that promotion pack throughout. We had quite a good squad, really. There was a few decent players in there. What, what are your memories of that team?
2: It was, for me, the, the biggest team in, the, in League Two at this moment. With, the, with Peacock, Lee Peacock. Lee Peacock was with us. Eiffel as well. Mm. In defence, he was a very big man. We had, uh, I think, a League One play, a League One players in uh, League Two. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh,
0: Lee Peacock was definitely—he uh, was good fun in in League Two, but he was a League One standard player even nearer to the end of his career. Yeah. How did you find yourself playing in lower league English football? What, in comparison to what you played before, what was the standard like?
2: Yeah, it was very very different football you know you know when I signed in Sweden I, I changed uh, my position uh, on the on the pitch I was playing left wing yeah so it was my first time for me and then this position I never played this position and uh, and the football was a very direct football so you have to run you have to run box to box you never stop uh, you have to you have to you have to I think I think at this level you have to work more than in higher level, mm. so it's like in higher level, you have to play very with intelligence, so you have to keep time. the ball is running, uh, you have to go uh, when you're ready, you have to run when you're ready. It's not like you're running like a, a crazy man, a mm. long ball and you have to catch it and you have to to fight people on the on the pitch it, it was it was a different football, and I think. My touch was a different touch, because I was I was more technique than the level. Hmm. Technically, I think that this this is what um, make the difference. Yeah. And this is why I played in this position, because Paul Siroc Paul Siroc wanted me on left back, but left back he said to me, you have you have you have qualities to play left wing. You can beat player. You can dribble. You can pass uh, like um, the last pass. You can you can make good passes. So I I don't I don't need you on on the defense. This is what happened. Yeah, we had Andy Nicholas for that.
0: So did you enjoy playing in left midfield?
2: Yes, 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 yes. I was a bit quick, so that helped me helped me on the on the wing.
0: Let's talk about Paul Sturrock because I've spoken to a few players that worked under Sturrock and they always say he was a bit of a character. What were your experiences of Luggy?
2: Yeah, Surenk, I think is a, is a, is a very big human human uh, human manager. He's very close to the players. It's like the job is not like very very serious with him. You have the moments when uh, when he when uh, you never you never hear about about him. So he's like he's he's leaving you on the pitch, he's leaving you playing, and then when he catch you on the on his office, he beat you, <laughs> like uh, he argue you. You know what I mean? But is um, I think uh, you know we we had the very good moments. We we made uh, we made like some um, some dinner with all the team with the with the manager. Is very close to the players, and um, his compartment is. Um, you 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 need you need to to give him back, to give him back on the pitch. This is why we were fighting for him. Yeah,
0: and that's that's why ultimately Swindon had a good season because they all bought in, or his his squad bought into his philosophies it's, and things like that. Yeah,
2: we were fighting for the manager as yeah. well. This is why
0: you didn't score many goals in your career. Um, but you do score a goal for Swindon against Wrexham. Is it? What's it like? I mean, you must have been waiting so long for, for that goal. Uh, you must have enjoyed that but immensely.
2: You know, but you know, for 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 left back player, it's very hard to score goals. Yeah. You know my position. My position for ten years on the pitch. You need to change it in one week. And uh, you know it's it's very hard because I never worked really near the near the box. My only work was to de- defend and to cross the ball. Mm. I had we 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 spoke uh, we spoke uh, me and the Tiurak. Tiurak said to me, "You have to score now because you're playing left wing. So for the statistics, you have to score uh, minimum six eight goals per season." So I said I said to him, uh, "I never I never scored in my life. This is not my job." He said, "You will." You will you will learn and we start we start in the training sessions I uh, start to shoot to shoot and uh, to shoot on the goal so so one week before for example uh, week game um, I spoke to a journalist I said to him uh, I've got a beard and if I score I will cut uh, how to say it in okay. English um, to shave. I will shave, my, I will shave my beard. So one week I was very lucky because I scored the, the only goal of the season, you know. <laughs> I scored one week later.
0: Yes, I, re- I remember you and Michael Pook doing the old shaving celebration exactly. as well, yeah. Exactly. I always try and sort of think about the mentality of, of a footballer because at a very sort of two-dimensional level, we always sort of celebrate goals. We celebrate saves. But there are footballers who don't score goals and they don't make saves. So, do footballers like yourself, whose job is to cross it in, when you get an assist, does, do you get that same feeling that centre forwards get yeah,
2: when they score? Exactly. You know, you know, you, you know when I when I cross when I cross balls and uh, we score goals, I'm like uh, it's like I score goal. Yeah. It's exactly the same sentiment I have uh, I have in myself. It's like uh it's like I score goals it's the same exactly the same thing mm. satisfaction is the same yeah what,
0: what was the best
2: cross in your career that you ever did that you remember the best assist the assist I think uh, my best assist was uh was the last game of the season against Walsall. oh yes. The corner yeah. kick For Gerald, I think the goal, <laughs> yeah i think I think um when you see it, 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 wasn't the biggest game of of my career, but it was the for me. It was it, it was the, the the most important. Mm. So making uh, making an assist in this game uh, is uh, is better than score goals uh, in friendly games. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: We will talk about that Warsaw game. So it was a great cross that Jerry Eiffel header is still fondly remembered now yeah. because he didn't score many goals either before that one and I think he almost broke the net with, with that header. What are your memories of that Walsall game?
2: The memory, uh, you, know, you know, in this game I had, um, had a lot of pressure. We had a lot of pressure and, uh, and, um, and for me in my, in my head I was thinking about, about uh, all the work we'd we done for the for, for for the season, we done a lot because you know in in League Two you've got uh, 24, 24 teams, so it's a long is a long league. When you finish at the end, and you've got we, you've got the promotion in your hand at home. There's a lot of pressure, mm. and I think this pressure was uh, was uh, one of the best pressure I have I had in my career.
0: I was living in Plymouth when that game took place and I was at the Walsall game I saw it and I remember because I had to hang back a little while so I didn't go home straight away because I was waiting for my train and I was sort of lingering around the car park thinking of you know to go to a pub or get some food or whatever and then you guys started walking in all with your your shirts you were wearing your shirts but they were unbuttoned you all had a corona and limes <laughs> and you were all uh, very very happy and I remember one and Zabub just putting his arm around me saying we are going up I didn't even ask for that but you it was you I think um, Nabisi was there Curtis Weston was there um, it was very very funny but um, I don't know how many you'd already drank by then it wasn't that far after full time but you were all on moving on to the next stage of the promotion party.
2: Yeah, it was very very I know uh, and uh, you know after the game the night was very long and you know we we are like a family the the team the team were like very 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 close. I think I think it was the best season best season in my career. to
1: a commanding position here. Andy Williams has taken over penalty duties after Michael Smith's failure against Fleetwood. Chance to add to his tally.
0: Williams stays cool and Swindon on course for the summit of League One. Curtis Weston's a funny one because I always felt sorry for Curtis Weston because Paul Sturrock didn't seem to um, rate him as much as the previous manager did. And I'll always remember his one goal for Swindon was a, like a 25-yarder, but it hit the bar, went over the line, but it, it yeah. didn't look like it went in. And then Aaron Brown... And,
2: and then Brown, Brown, Brown scored, scored, scored this yeah, goal. I remember, yeah.
0: And it went to Weston, but... Oh, it didn't feel like a Curtis Weston goal because because it was made it was made definite by uh, Aaron Brown. But I do remember that very well indeed. We have to go back to superstitions because you did the shave, but one thing that you're famous for at the time was the gloves. Um, it did you do you do you know how? confused you made opposition fans when you wore your gloves at games in the boiling in the boiling yeah. sunshine they used to go they used to go crazy they used to go why is he wearing gloves it was so funny
2: i know i know we we went to we went to um austria we went to austria with the team for for the pre-season and they, and it was uh i think uh, 35 degrees we played a friendly, gla- friendly game against an Italian team. And I was wearing gloves. They, they said, this man is crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got very, very, um, very cold hands. I've got that problem. After that, after that start to be a uh, superstition. Yeah. So originally it was... Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got cold hands. In summer, like in in winter, I've got like um fridge. Fringe in my hands, I don't know. <laughs> so when you go to Austria...
0: This is the first time in a few years where you're not moving from club to club to country to country. So this is an opportunity for you yes, yes, yes. to go away with your friends and just enjoy the season ahead.
2: Yeah, it was uh, was the, the the best pre-season I had. I think cuz uh, cuz we were we were uh, we were with with the friends. It wasn't new players, new staff, new club. So so I uh, we had a very good time, very good time and uh, in in Austria with the team
0: your second season and of course your final season at Swindon um, you're a regular under the Paul Sturrock stage you're the last one of the main memories from that is that game against Bristol Rovers where you're the last of what four players to get sent off by Rob Stiles in an absolutely crazy game against them do you remember that game?
2: I remember, I remember that game. I, I, I came on and uh, I came on, uh, I came on for the last uh, 30 minutes, <laughs> and then uh, but you know, you know the, you know, the club, the fans, everybody was talking about the pressure of the game, and uh, it was like uh, Bristol, Bristol Rovers and Swindon. they, they hate each other, and they, they make a big story between the, the, the two clubs. So, so I came to the pitch. I wanted to, 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 to win this game. And to help my friends so 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 when i came in uh, i was like running like a crazy man and tackling every every single player <laughs> i see i see in my yeah in my way so so it, it was crazy it was crazy but you know when you when you when you come in in the game like this one you don't think a lot mm. i mean you ran, but you don't think so Yeah, I mean just to again, people
0: might not remember this game, but Swindon won one nil, uh, Christian Roberts scored a second half penalty, and it all goes crazy in the last ten minutes. So there's 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 a there's a bit of a brawl, Gerald gets sent off and Richard Walker gets sent off for Bristol Rovers. Then Steve Elliott gets sent off. You're not even on the pitch yet, so you're watching this from from the subs oh. bench, and then you come on a 88 minutes and then you're straight off a couple of minutes later. When you're watching that from the subs bench, do you just want to get on and is it all adrenaline where you're just like you're like a warrior, you just want to run on like a wrestler running into the ring, you just want to get involved.
2: Yeah, it's like a gladi- gladiator, is like gladiator. Like I, I came in, I came in and I said uh, I will clean I will clean this speech. I will clean this speech or <laughs> But, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was. It was a foul. It was a foul. It was a taker. So I lost the ball. You know when you know you know when you came in came in the pitch. It's very hard to to start running because them because them. You know the players are playing eighty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. They are like ready on the pitch, ready to, to run. You you just do um uh, you just do like a, a five minutes running mm-hmm. on the bench, and then you came in, and when you when you come in, it's very hard it's very hard cuz the, the like the football is going very very quickly this is what happened to yeah. me so i was uh i was uh, i was late i was uh i was uh, no, no no ready to to run like fast runs so so when I, when the ball left uh, i wanted to i wanted to bring it and uh, attack, uh, attack the attack the the, the players so this is why uh, this is why i came out i came out
0: you were very popular at Swindon with the fans i would say did you feel that at the time
2: yes 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 yes
0: how much of a difference does that make yes. to a footballer
2: but you know when the when when, when you when you know when you know uh, when you know the people are like um buying you shirts and uh, and uh, singing your name you know you you have to you have to you have to give more more and more and an usually day, you know what I mean when you when you came on come in the pitch you have to you have to you have to show them they, they're not wrong about me mm. so they are following me they love me so I I need to I need to give back to give the cash back you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah absolutely what was it like for you when Storak
2: left I was very unhappy I was unhappy and I wasn't uh, it's like Sofian with no left foot because mm. he he gave me he gave me a lot you know it's not just about it's not just about football he's very is a lot he's uh, human he it was very helpful with me so so it's like uh, my dad left you know what I mean yeah
0: after Sto left it was it was pretty obvious that there was an issue with you and and the caretaker manager David Byrne who was in charge after after Storic left to Plymouth. Um, an example would be against Swansea after Barry Cole was sent off after twenty minutes. You went down the tunnel um, in a heat of the moment sort of incident. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. I mean, was it a case that you were just missing Sturridge, or was there a philosophy difference with you and Burn? Uh,
2: you, you know, you know, it's, it's it. It wasn't about it wasn't against uh, David Burns uh, first at all. The the problem was the problem was. I, I came in Swindon. I was happy in Swindon because Turok was in Swindon. Yeah. So, for me, you know, I played football before. I played in a higher level. I, I didn't sign in Swindon for the level or for the football. I, I came here because uh, I wanted to give back what he gave to me. Mm-hmm. When he left, the problem was uh, they didn't... I think they didn't give me attention. Mm. So, David Byrne like, was, was, was not against me, but like Swindon... As Turok left... So now you're a normal player for me. Yeah, I mean there there were lots. He didn't give
0: me the confidence I needed. Yeah, there were there were lots of players that Storick brought in that he had at other clubs. So you had Hasniel Joffrey, um, you had Steve Adams, yeah. um, obviously his son Blair. There were a couple others yeah. as well. So this is the problem that football clubs face when they bring in yes. the same players every time because when that manager goes. Somebody like Morris Malpass, who comes in, he's got five or six players that already are like, uh, I'm not
2: here for Swindon, I'm here for Sturrock. So this is what happened to me. Because when when he came, when the new manager came, he said, like, you're not my player. And I bring with me my players and uh, you will be the second choice. This is why I I felt it like this. So now after that I think uh, it was the, the best option for, for me it was to to leave just leave Swindon Yeah. So so it didn't
0: matter who was going to be the next manager it wasn't Strock and so Ma- when Malpass came in there was it was just it was Yeah, because Mal
2: the problem the problem with Malpass, so so he he, he didn't give me the consideration yeah. So I was I was a, I was a Swindon player. So I came in Swindon before him, and uh, and uh, we work a lot with Swindon. We came we 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 went we went up uh, from League Two to League One. So we built a bit Swindon. So we had history. We, we we did something, and he came like he uh, came like uh, I don't care. I don't care what happened before. Now I'm the manager and I will start uh, a new. A new a new team with my players, that that, that will happen because yeah. he, he he bring his players, he play his players, and you know a player who who used to play who used to play for the team because you know uh, Sturok left the club. We had the uh, we had the uh, good results. It's not it's not about the bad results. He left Swindon, so it's different. If you have bad results, I can understand a new manager. He can come to the club and uh, bring his players and. Uh, Try to win games, but it wasn't this situation. Yeah. See, this, this is why we were we were like I was like unlucky another time. It was Anthony
0: Mcnamie that came in and replaced you, wasn't it, during that? Yes. Scene? Yes. Yeah.
1: Here's Rooney with the layoff. Williams looking for the early cross. He's coming. Step to. Uh... Oh, it's a... We talked about a team finding a piece of real quality. We've just seen it from Massimo Luongo, the touch of quality we needed. It's a stunning opening goal.
0: So, did you, did you, or were you ever close to joining him in Plymouth?
2: I wanted to, yes. I was, uh, I was disappointed because, uh, because he said to me, he said to me, if I'm he, he said to me one week before he said to me one week before then he signed for for Plymouth he said to me we'll sign for Plymouth and uh, and uh, i went to see him at home and he said uh, he said to me i'm leaving to to plymouth and uh, i will bring you with me this is what he said to me yeah. and then after that after that he bring he bring another uh, another player on my in my position yeah. in in uh, instead of me so so after that, I was very unhappy. But the player, the player who signed for Plymouth was a very good player. and Now he's playing for Crystal Palace. So
0: Punchin, Jason Punchin.
2: Punchin, yeah. yes, It was a, it was a, a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But still, I mean, that must have been quite a a blow to you in the sense that you were a disciple of Sturrock, and then he went with somebody else, and Punchin at that stage. His Plymouth career wasn't great, and he had come from a small club as well, so that must have been hugely disappointing for you. So, you 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 were you were dedicated to Sturrock, and then that happened. But I mean, you you go with him
2: again, but because you know, sorry, Rich, because you know, I made the sacrifice to come to League Two. You know what I mean? I came the sacrifice to come with him, and then like he's like he left me. He left me on the street, and he came. It took his opportunity, so it was it was a big change. Yeah, and to be honest, and, but you end up at Warsaw after Swindon. How did you find that? It was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. I I played for for a season in Walsall. It was a, it, it was a it was a quite a good season, and uh, I was the um, I I made the more assists in the club. I made more assists in the season. Uh, I had a very very good season at the hand uh, the manager was was uh, Hutchinson Chris Hutchinson we had a very good season and after this season I uh, I signed with the new manager the new manager promised me to sign me in championship after after the season so so I was waiting for I was waiting for for the clubs I went to Queens Park Rangers I went to see uh, I went to see uh, Flavio Briatore, mm-hmm. the chairman. Oh wow, yeah. We had a meeting with him at uh, Loft, uh, Loft- Loftus Road. Loftus Park. Loftus Road. Yes, Loftus Road. Yeah. We mm-hmm. went to see him. At the end, I didn't sign. I didn't sign for QPR. So, so so Hutchinson called called me called me and I say to me, "You you can't come uh, back to Walsall because." Uh, you left us and uh, you you were trying to sign in another club and i say to him i say to him i i am trying to find the bigger the, the bigger opportunity if i can to if i can play in higher level you can't stop me yeah this is what i said to him but he wasn't happy so so he left me and then um, and then i didn't sign a new deal with Walshall. And I came back to France for six months with no contract. If an
0: opportunity like QPR, when they're just about to get the big money in, if they come calling, you're going to want to talk to them. That's not disrespectful to your employer. That's a footballer exploring their options, isn't it? I mean, if if QPR say, you know what... We're not going to use you. You go back to Warsaw. You try your hardest to try and move up the chain, don't they? So it's it's incredible. So when you when you go to South End, were you back with Starok?
2: Yes. After six months with not doing nothing, I was struggling. I, I, I was struggling. I had um, a lot of injuries, so it was very hard for me for the uh, uh, the first six months. Mm. And uh, after that, after that, uh, I had an opportunity in Algeria and uh, the, the big club of uh, the uh, with a lot of international players uh, playing the Champions League, African Champions League, top of the league. Uh, it was a very good opportunity for me. So the, the, the chairman called me and I said to him, uh, I was very shy. I said to him, um, you need to call my manager first. This is what I said. Manager, uh, it means uh, Sturok. I said uh, I said if you speak English you have to you have to you have to call my manager so he, he spoke to uh, to Sturok and when they started talking together uh, after, after after 10 minutes uh, Sturok called me back and he said to me uh, you can go now it's uh, i think he said he said i think is a is a big opportunity for you and uh, you have to you have to take it so so I left straight away so it was the first time who a manager was thinking about my career before his career. Amazing. So all forgiven uh, after the Plymouth incident. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he said to me, just be careful because Africa is not like Europe. I didn't know Africa at all. I've been to Algeria two times in my life. So I don't know the country. I don't know the people. And uh, all my family I've got here in Algeria, I don't know them. So, so it, it, was, it was a very it was a big challenge for me. I think it was, it was the biggest challenge because you know when you change when you change country clubs and the language, uh, when you stay in Europe you are okay but when you go in another another continent like uh, Africa hmm. is very very difficult because uh, you change everything. Yeah. The, um, the style of life, the language that's okay because I speak a little bit Algerian. but uh, here in Algeria I'm still a French. I'm still a French Algerian, not an Algerian. So, so, it was very, very difficult for me. And I came to, I came to Setif, you know, when I came the first, the first day, the first day, they named the new manager. The, the new manager, it was, uh, it was a Serie A manager. I can't remember his name. He was, uh, he was the manager of Torino mm-hmm. and uh, the manager of uh, Neuchatel in, Xamax in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a big manager in Italy. He's a big manager. He Was came he... here with this Giovanni and yes, 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 and
0: the Swiss manager Alan Geiger as well.
2: Yes, uh, after him, yeah, we I work with the um, with the Swiss manager, the the most capped uh, mm-hmm. player in Switzerland. He played. He played the two or three uh, World Cup. Yeah, I
0: remember him from World Cup '94. Definitely remember him from that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he played. He played for Saint Etienne. So, so, so we, we are very friendly.
1: Former McGovern on set-piece duty. Morrison reaches it. That is a wonderful header, and that may
0: just have sealed the game for Swindon Town, who once again. It seemed like it was going to be that the natural progression for you was to finish your career in Algeria, but it it, it sounds like that was never the plan to 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 move to North Africa.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, if, 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 all all the French Algeria's players, they are now uh, the the last ten years they are coming to finish uh, their career here in Algeria because they can't because they, they can sign in an Algerian clubs you can sign only two foreign players but you know uh, when you are French Algerian you've got the Algerian passport so you can sign like an Algerian player yeah it's al- always bringing players French uh, French Algerian players and uh, at the end of the career the, like the international players they are coming like hammer Brazza play uh, after me in city. Amir Bouazza played for Sweden as well. Yeah, absolutely. Did
0: how did you find the standard in the uh, top flight of Algerian football? Was it much different to European?
2: Yes, yes, it's very different. It's very technique. and uh, we've got no long ball. You've got no long ball. You, 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 you have got the the work of box to box. It's very technique, uh, technique football. Uh, you are playing like passes in the in your box. Yeah, passes in your box is like tiki taka in uh, in Spain. Barcelona is like a very is like a football on the floor. everything is playing on the floor yeah. When I came in Setif, you know I came uh, like a new player with De la Casa and uh, I came in a team who were playing 13 players in national team so it, it was uh, it was a big uh, a big opportunity for me to, to, to play for the national team as well so to grow up with them to change my career the way of my career. Because I was I was playing in lowest lowest divisions, and uh, now I was uh, I was um, it's like I was in a top level in Africa. Yeah. One of the best club in Africa. So so it it, it was another another new challenge. I played for I played for two years in CETIF and I won uh, I won in the same year the league and the cup. I mean that's that's huge, isn't it? I mean it doesn't
0: matter what, what league you're in, the top flight of any division. To be a part of a championship-winning side, especially when you've you've gone around the countries and now you found yourself in a situation where you are a champion of a nation, that must make all those moves worthwhile.
2: Yes, yes, yes. You know, you know um, the the thing the very important. I wanted to I wanted to close my career with the uh, with the minimum of one trophy because I never I never won uh, nothing in my career. And when I came to Setif, I came to Setif. That opportunity, uh, I wanted. I wanted to play in this club because because it's a top league. It's a top league uh, of the nation, mm. and uh, I wanted to win to win one thing in my life in football. And I've done it. I've done it in the same season, the season 2012-2013. Uh, we won the league and uh, and the cup as well. The cup we played the match against uh, uh, in the in the big stadium. We played, um, uh, near. Uh, it was it was uh, 80,000 80, people in the stadium. So it's like uh, something i never I never seen in my life.
0: A bit different than a um, a half full county ground.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, a country ground is, is quite good when it's, when it's full. It's quite good when it's full. It's not full nearly
0: enough. Now, I support England and something that, as an Englishman, I've never experienced, is supporting a national team where almost all of the players are based in another country. So at the moment, at the time of recording, Algeria have just made the final of the Africa Cup of Nations where they'll play Senegal and hopefully um, will beat them. But there's only one Algerian-based player in that squad, a young teenager. Every There's, there's more players playing in Saudi Arabia um, how does the Algerian community in Algeria consider that? How I mean, it's, it's an African thing generally, isn't it? A lot of um, African teams, the, their players are predominantly based in Europe and, and elsewhere. Is that an issue? Is it always better when the players come through the Algerian league? Or is it just they're just happy that they've picked Algeria instead of France
2: but you know, you know, Afri- uh, like Algerian players. You know, you know, Al- Algerian players. The the, the players who, who who played who played in Europe, they've got like more more more. They're like like better in tactic. They they've got um. You you know here the problem is in, in Africa is the tactic. Mm. You know the players. You have a lot of good players, but in the, tactically on the pitch, uh, it's like a it's like a fair. You know, everybody is winning. Uh, everywhere on the pitch and uh, and you know you know um algeria like like uh, players they need more discipline on the pitch
0: yeah
2: and discipline you can find you can find the discipline in french in french algerian players and uh, and with this with this discipline you can you can go you can go you can go far and uh, this is the problem because you know Ten years ago, when when they start like like 15 years ago with the Majid Bouguerra, it was one of the first player, like French Algerian player, who play with this country, like Algeria. It was uh, it was uh, it was a big problem between uh, local player and uh, foreign player. It was a, a big problem because you know every single manager who came who came in Algeria and try to manage Algeria. Uh, He had he had the problem of foreign player like French Algerian player and local player. The problem is um, the the problem is local player. If he's if it's good if if he's good good enough, he will play in Europe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is what happened. You know the the Algerian team now in uh, in can 2019. Now you've got uh, five or six players. They are local players. They play here. They grown, they, they, they grown up here. They played here and they left after, after a few after seasons in professional. They left like Belayli. Belayli played, played here and I played against. I played against. He was playing in Oran here in Algeria and he was good enough so he left and he and he and he went he went away in a bigger uh, bigger bigger league. Uh, you've got Belamri. Belamri is a central defender. He was playing here in uh, uh, GSK Kabili. Now he's playing in Saudi Arabia. So so the 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 best the best local players are playing away now. Are playing uh, uh, out of the country.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure the the experienced goalkeeper had a trial at Swindon once. Um is it yes. Bolly?
2: Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, he turned up um at Swindon on trial and every time because he's played in the World Cup for Algeria, Swindon fans go, oh, he could have been a Swindon
2: player once, but um but it wasn't to be. For sure.
0: <laughs> Can you believe well, that? But the
2: thing is I, I I know I know him very well. I know I know him very well. I'm always always in touch with him, uh touching fun. Uh, Rice, the problem of Raiz, when he came to Swindon, I looked after him because you know, after uh, always, when a French player was coming on trial, Paul Siroc was calling me and say, "Your friend is coming tomorrow. Uh, you have to bring him up uh, from the hotel. Uh, every single uh, question he, he has, you have to, you have to, to be the translator." So I was doing this job as well. And uh, Raiz, when he came to Swindon, he was, um, he was with no, no training session. Um, on his pocket, so so he had he was, he was no fit, yeah. he was no fit. So when he came on try, uh, he couldn't fire so, sort it out. So 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 he went to he went to Bulgaria after after this, but he was a very brilliant uh, goalkeeper. He's, he's still good. He's still good. He's still playing for the national team. So
1: Swindon's hopes of maybe getting another might be quite high. This is Mikel Ranzi in towards Fallon here. It's Fallon. It's two one.
2: It's
0: a great
2: finish. Great finish from Fallon. pulling it onto his right foot and getting away. But it's made by that man, Mickey Ramsey. So, what are you up to nowadays? No, uh, no, I'm working. No, I'm. Uh, I've got. Uh, I've got. Uh, soci- uh, in French, is uh, society. Mm-hmm. I've got shops here in Algiers. Mm-hmm. I've got shops in Algiers. I'm. Uh, I'm selling sports sportswear like Nike Adidas all the um, all the sportswear all the brands mm-hmm. yeah sportswear yeah i've got few shops here in algiers and uh, and i'm uh, signing all my contract uh, with adidas in dubai because they are working in north africa uh, we signed with Nike in Ma- in malia uh, i have Calvin Klein as well i'm working with Amsterdam so i'm bringing uh, stuff here in algeria and uh, and I'll, say, uh, I'll sell back yeah no I'm no uh, to, to be honest I'm selling, I'm, I'm selling sports brands but I'm not, I'm not like in touch with clubs or or football uh, football now for me is just uh, too often like I did all my career I'm still playing I played the World Cup uh, in 2016 the lawyer World Cup <laughs> in Spain I was the, the manager and the player manager player. Amazing. It's called Mundi Voca. Mundi Voca is like a World Cup of uh, of lawyers, and I played in 2014 in uh, in Budapest, oh, wow. and 2016 uh, in La Manga. La Manga, the place uh, where uh, Swindon are at this moment for the pre-season. Yeah, La uh,
1: Yeah,
0: we've just we've just returned. That's nice that you still you're still following
2: Swindon. Yeah. I was I was in La Manga two years ago. Uh, yeah, right. I, play, I played the World Cup in La Manga. It looked very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I played against. I played against like like players. Um, I don't know if you remember the 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 player who was playing for Paris Saint Germain He's the manager of Panama now. He was in Malaga, manager of Malaga, Valdez. So he was playing. Yeah, he was playing for Panama. He was playing for Panama. Your lo- lo- lawyers. <laughs> so it's like he's a, a small. a small World Cup. Is very the organization is very good. And uh, you play with the with the old players, like 40, 45 years old. So it's like just vet- to have fun. Yeah,
0: it's a veterans tournament. Is that right?
2: It's... You have five thousand, five thousand uh, lawyers in the tournament. It's a very big, big tournament. Is that lawyers? Yeah, lawyers. Yes. Yeah, legal. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am the only, I am the only player non-legal in the league. <laughs> 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 because I'm the manager, and sometimes
0: I play with them, so. Oh, amazing! Okay, so let's let's wrap up with with Swindon. So it's nice to know that you still you still follow Swindon from afar. Would would that be would that be right to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still following Swindon. I always uh, always uh, um, every single weekend it's like Swindon, Swindon and Walsall. I'm I'm, I'm watching all the results on the internet to see what they're doing. Uh, I'm um, I'm following like on Instagram, like uh, you, you 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 could see on Instagram. Um, I am I am following the team because because uh, they yeah, are the team. I uh, still I still have like Swindon and Walsall. I have I have um, still um, still have these clubs on uh, in my heart. And uh, I think I think this season I will come with my wife uh, to watch a game. Oh, you'll be most welcome to come back. Um, and if you
0: do, let me know. Um, are you in touch with any of your old teammates?
2: Uh, Curtis Weston, always. Oh, he's, he's playing for Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. He was in Chesterfield last season. I'm still in touch with him. Uh, Barry Cole, a little bit. There's a few few, few years now uh, I didn't talk to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miguel Comingues. Yeah, Miguel Comage. Oh,
0: what, he's the- my mate. So What's he up to now?
2: Uh, now he's uh, he's uh, working in a rela- relationship between uh, the foreign players and the club in uh, Stade de Reims. Oh, nice!
0: Because
2: he used to play for them, didn't he? He's got, he's got, he's got, he's got a good, a good. This is a good opportunity for him. Oh, lovely stuff! In the relationship between foreign players, like the adaptation. Yeah, he looks after them. In, yeah Brazilian players, and uh, you know.
0: Well, that's re- that's really good. And what's your favorite memory? From your time at Swindon,
2: uh, favorite memory. Favorite memory is uh, is the last game against Watford.
0: It was a fantastic moment. Well, there we go. That's that's all I've got, Sophie. That was amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Below Strangers is an independent Swindon Town fan podcast. The music was expertly created by Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super talented John Daglish. Thanks for listening.
1: Come on, Swindon. Come on, boys! It's a grand old team to play for and it's a grand old team to see and if you know the history it's about to make your heart go